This podcast is produced by the Roseworthy Veterinary Alumni Network. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the position of the University of Adelaide. everyone and welcome to the University of Adelaide Roseworthy Veterinary Alumni Network podcast. As you may know, my name is Dr. Emma Maley and in this episode of the RVA Presents we will be chatting to Dr. Toby Leary again and we'll be delving a little bit more into life as a new graduate and some of the challenges you might face. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the first episode we did together. Now, before we get into it, I would like to thank our sponsors, Royal Cannon. Uh, we heard a little bit from them in the last episode, but I wanted to remind everyone to make sure to go check out their stuff. So why don't we get into it? Let's start with some interesting things you found about your job that you weren't, I guess, expecting beforehand. I'll dive straight into it. It's probably a challenging one. And I know that we get warned about it and it gets talked about, but I think one of the challenges that I wasn't expecting in vet is just how often we deal with death so in terms of euthanasia or those really difficult discussions whether it be associated with euthanasia or passing away or whether it's finances or things Um, I know that they were always going to be a part of the job but I don't think I was expecting the volume that we experience it in and yeah and that probably surprised me a little bit because I had strategies that I developed throughout uni where I was like okay this is how I'm going to cope and respond and but yeah, I think you can burn through those strategies and resources really quickly when you're sort of um, getting a large volume of that kind of work. Um, and of course, sometimes it just comes in, in runs, like sometimes you'll get, I think they say bad things come in three and sometimes you do just get a wave of it and then you won't have it at all. But certainly there are those times where there is a lot. And yeah, and I think it just surprised me a bit because I didn't, I just didn't realise it would be quite so much. Recently, I heard something that was really quite interesting is that a lot of the times think about, you know, we've had a, a difficult client that we've, you know, not been able to com- communicate with or we've struggled with, but it's it's not that they're difficult, it's that the situation is difficult and it's often hard for us to work with or for them and it's trying to navigate that situation that can be really challenging because for whatever reason, there's, there's going to be something that's hard about it and I think we, as veterinarians, we do get a lot of that and I think having to change ourselves for every situation can be quite demanding and definitely lead to some burnout and stuff but yeah I think those the strategies are really important and what was sort of the point where you really struggled? I definitely struggled with after hours probably the most probably my toughest cases and toughest circumstances to work through have been yeah during after hours which is often when you don't have a lot of resources so you don't have your nursing team or your senior staff like in the building they're often very emotional like emotionally charged situations and whether that be from a large animal perspective where it's not so much human animal bond but more of a financial sort of discussion and also prognosis whether that investment is worthwhile and as a new graduate sometimes you don't know that information because you don't you haven't had that experience just yet or in a small animal where that human animal bond is really strong and really important and sort of blurring those lines of what the client can comprehend and make decisions on and then you also have this really quite high sense of responsibility because you are the only option available at that point. 
Um, Because certainly in the early days, like I didn't know any better. Like I didn't know that, hey, I'm not actually the only option. There is the ability for referral. Um, There is the ability to ring and call people depending, yeah, depending on your network and support system. And also realising that like you literally can't be everything to everyone. It was a huge realisation for me that took so much of that pressure off. So definitely realising that you can't be everything for everyone all the time was a big big shift for me how do you find having you know the after hours element and then managing your sort of work-life balance as well it's really tricky um in some circumstances because where I'm really lucky my clinic has made the decision to stop after hours at a particular time so during summer we the phone switches over to an emergency centre at 10pm so our staff aren't being called up and woken up over like overnight 24-7 and then having to arrive the next day to attempt to achieve the same level of care for their day patients running on half the sleep type thing so I'm really lucky that that has been implemented because I haven't had the experience of being woken up at two o'clock in the morning for someone wanting revolution (laughs) because as much as I um, haven't experienced that I've definitely heard clients can do that So I've been lucky from that perspective, but at the same time, I've had weekends where, like particularly last year, I missed Christmas because I drew the short straw and was um, on for Christmas. I've missed a couple of birthdays, which has been tricky. And while my clinic's really supportive in being able to switch weekends around and things sometimes you like everybody has birthdays and Christmases you know we're all in the same boat so there are some circumstances where a swap just doesn't work so it's sort of one of those things that it depends on the weekend sometimes I'm stoked to be working other times I wish I I wasn't (laughs) yeah no and absolutely and I think that's one of those things where it depends on where you are because obviously rural is going to be very different to being in the city and then you know the number of vets you've got in your practice so you know if you're sharing a one in seven weekend or weekday it's a bit different to if you're at a, a two or three vet clinic and you're on call one in every three nights it can can certainly be very different and I think as a new graduate that's definitely something to consider is that you know some people love that they're happy to throw themselves in in deep but I know for me because my clinic is closed on Sundays and so it's nice to know that I will always have two days off because I work a four-day week so for me that's that's kind of how I get my balance but to have after hours I think it's important to have those safety nets in your personal life how do you find your family and friends go when you when you say you know I can't come to these things I've I've got work I mean they're um, supportive but also disappointed type thing you know like as as anyone would be I know if the shoe was on the other foot I'd be upset that someone was choosing work over me because that's sometimes how it can feel even though it's a little bit out of your control because it is just part of what we do and certainly depending on where you're working Definitely my family was disappointed I couldn't make it to Christmas, but we did manage to rearrange things where we just did a family Christmas the weekend before. So there are things that you can work through and there's solutions. But yeah, I it does impact your life a little bit. So um, I think defining whether that's something that's suitable for you or not is really important to keep in mind when you're choosing your first job. And also making sure that 
you don't feel pressured into doing it um, just for the experience of it because I know that the, when I started we weren't one in seven um, we didn't have quite so many vets so yeah we were doing that really quick turnover of it felt like every second night you're on call luckily it wasn't quite that bad but by the time you get that tired it feels like it <laughs> but yeah so I do remember talking to other vets about it um, and also other new graduates about how much I was working and they they sort of justified it with oh but you must be learning so much and while I was for sure there's nothing that would have stopped me from learning it as a second third fourth fifth year out grad so you're going to learn what you need to know regardless of when you learn it so I think if you are at a time in your life where that family support and that friendship support is really important for you then don't let people sort of convince you or talk you out of putting those boundaries in to say I can't do on call because you're just as valuable without that after hours knowledge like you're still a really valuable vet and you're much more valuable being a sort of like healthy non-burnt out vet than you are being one who's on call but but struggling so yeah no absolutely I I completely agree because for me I we don't do after hours stuff so I'm very lucky I'm city vet essentially so I kind of have that privilege of being able to refer to those emergency centers quite easily and for me you know there are moments where I go oh but then I'm not seeing those interesting cases and I'm not doing those you know really emergency sort of treatments and things like that but as as we say you've you've got your whole career to learn these things you know where's the rush I think just appreciate that you are a new graduate and at least that's what I'm trying to do and jump in when you're comfortable because obviously you know being put in a situation that you're not comfortable with is only going to lead to problems down the track so I guess what do you think employers should keep in mind for those new graduates because obviously a lot of the times it can be hard as a new graduate to kind of express how you're feeling so um, what advice I guess do you have for people who are working with or employing new graduates? I remember it being really important to like to realize that it is really hard as a new graduate I think for a lot of different reasons and I think it's really easy for senior staff to forget what that was like and um, when they try and help you they don't really get into the details or the specifics of how they coped or how they managed because it's just been such a long time since they did it so you know you'd sort of go like oh how did you get through this and then go oh you just do you find a way you're like okay well that that's not that helpful (laughs) like I I like that I can find a way and that I will get through it but how specifically so I think that that would be probably if you're in a position where you can support people um, try and give them really specific and detailed examples or experiences if you can like I know I absolutely loved um, that I came back from a colic that was really difficult and I immediately debriefed with one of my senior vets and he was like he said straight away you're not the only person that this has happened to I remember when and he went into an experience and whether it was his experience or someone that he knew about it was just lovely to hear more than you're not the only one because that's a fairly like that's a fairly level one statement which is helpful but we could do so much more to support up-and-coming vets um, and I think I think I don't know a lot but I think it would be through trying to be specific um, and, and detailed and just giving that bit more 
And then I suppose from an employer's perspective, I think it's important checking in so it does make it easy for new graduates to say how they're feeling. And I think sort of continuing on with that, it's important as much for the employer as the new graduate to make sure that that's a good experience for everyone. And I guess like, how do you think that from a new graduate perspective, you can, I guess, make the best for yourself and for the team as well? I think it's trying to be as open and honest as possible and continually checking in on what's okay for you and for the team and and really joining that partnership it's it's not a employee versus employer you guys are part of that team and I think it's both of your responsibility to make sure it's happy and healthy I think um, my employers have got my back because they care for me so that I can care for the pets and I think that that's the way that employers should sort of run as best they can and what's within their means because to make sure that you you have a healthy environment both parties really have to be working on it and that takes from a new graduate's perspective that takes a lot more emotionally because you do have to back yourself and it's hard because you most of the time you're not even 100% sure on on how you operate in these situations because it's the first time you've ever done it. So do take it easy on yourself. Um, I'm definitely someone who cries at work and that is okay to cry at work and I think that that's important for people to know you're not less of a vet if you're emotional. You're actually an exceptionally caring vet and I think that that's um, quite an incredible thing that I noticed as well because the first time I cried at work I was like a mess and I'm like you know like this is so unprofessional but because I'm not doing it all the time I'm not like falling apart at the drop of a hat I'm not doing it in an unhealthy way that's impacting my employer the team is actually all very supportive of of me um, and I quite often now have other employees come to me as someone who they can talk to because they know I'm emotional and they know that I have that sort of experience and that I'm open and I'm not judgmental about it at all so yeah showing that vulnerability doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing it can actually quite add to your team environment and your employer yeah for sure and I mean you you sort of talked about not really knowing where you're at and then doing something and feeling like maybe you weren't right do you ever feel like you've had an element of imposter syndrome going on or did you really feel like maybe you weren't in the right place and thought about doing something else or yeah definitely uh I've definitely had that moment where I've been like I'm not cut out to be a vet like I just don't think that I'm I fit this mold But then I also have these moments of going, well, is the mould something that we should be trying to fit? And if it isn't, then, you know, why are we putting such pressure on ourselves to get there? So I think I've definitely had those moments of being like, nah, I can't do this. I'm going to like I've I've definitely said I'm going to quit my job. Of course, they're in those highly charged emotional states, which we can get ourselves into for sure. Um, But then, yeah, I've I go through my process of the debrief, how I can improve clinically. I go through the emotional work, whether that's with other people at work or whether it's something I take to my psych. And then I also get a a perspective on exactly what it is that I'm not living up to or the standard that I'm meeting and whether it's something that's realistically possible or something that I think that we should slowly shift (laughs) no look and I totally agree and I think that you know what a veterinarian looks like today is obviously going to be completely different you know to what a veterinarian looked like 20 30 years ago and I think times are changing and the way we work and operate as veterinarians is is always going to change you know in 20 years time I'm sure we're not necessarily going to recognize what vets look like in the future we we are changing constantly with the times and you know with new science and everything like that and we need to feel confident that we can 
operate how we want to and how we need to and we shouldn't feel pressured to fit you know this specific mold that we have in our head of what we saw when we were kids these veterinarians because you know that doesn't need to be us we all have something to contribute in in our own ways I think so I think that's really really important now you did mention briefly a few different resources that you use do you have any other I guess resources or or tricks and tips that you know for dealing with being a veterinarian yeah definitely um I kind of break my resources up into a few different categories so from a a clinical perspective um, and most I imagine most uni students would know about them now anyway but it's something that I think every new grad should know about that so from a website perspective eClinPath and VIN which is a veterinary information network are both incredible resources for your clinical case critique and finding things out and those circumstances where you don't know how to do things and you just need someone else and um yeah so those are great resources um there's also a couple like there's an emergency textbook and a cattle textbook that have been lifesavers as well in clinic so um definitely find ones that suit you and and hold on to those because they'll they'll be really valuable um from a practical point of view so when I'm like in the clinic um, running my day my resources are definitely my senior staff so I do think it's important to and senior staff can be anyone you know like I've got a vet who's six months out from me and she's really helpful just for bouncing things off of Um, we pretty much yeah we'll we'll just have a conversation with each other and all of a sudden I know a heap more than what I did before Um, and it can be your friends who are new grads as well so yeah sort of other vets is a huge resource but also your nurses are I know that um one of my like first pios I was trying to diagnose on ultrasound and I'd never seen one on ultrasound before and um I had a vet uh, sorry a nurse who'd been there for um you know over 20 years and she was like that looks like most of the pios that I've seen on ultrasound so she was just so valuable for that extra confidence to be like yeah this is we're going for our next step because this is most likely what it is so your nurses certainly are invaluable um and then from yeah the emotional point of view it can be all kinds of resources I know that I've um seen a lot from uh, gotten a lot from books so one of the books that I found useful actually while I was in uni was a book called The Happiness Trap and then um, also talking to your friends who are outside of uni is really or outside of veterinary is really useful as well um, because it, it really just normalizes things when you are thinking that you want to quit your job and do something else you get a taste of what their life is like and I think you'll find that in lots of circumstances it's quite similar yeah look I agree with you you know wholeheartedly in that you know your resources aren't just things that you do outside of work you can you know create these resources in work that help you be a better veterinarian as well as a better person for that role Um, and I think that your relationships with people are going to be different like you said you know I have someone at my clinic that um, is multiple years out and and he is my mentor and I, I go to him for a lot of things but there is someone who is only a few years out and I often feel a little bit more comfortable going to them with those things that I guess to me seem like they are much smaller and things that I probably should know and I worry that if I go to you know someone who's been out forever they're gonna say well well, of course you should know that but I know that they won't but I just feel more comfortable because they've they know it sooner they've they've kind of of been in that boat a little bit more recently so you kind of think okay 
I know there's going to be no judgment from anyone, but I just feel more comfortable yeah. with them knowing that I'm not confident on yeah, this Yeah, for sure. It's like that. There's no silly questions, but this feels like a silly question kind of moment. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think there's value in that in knowing who you feel comfortable with. There's really some value in that. So talked about some challenges. So tell me now, what is your favorite part of work now? That I just enjoy going there. Like I like the work that we do. I think it's incredible what we can actually achieve um and the impact that we're having and yeah I, I, so I love the outcomes of what I do every day um I like the the challenge that there is so much scope for improvement and things that um yeah that whatever I want to work on I can um I can head in whichever direction I want to and that's often quite supported and I also like that I get along so much with my team like I genuinely have fun when I walk through the door everybody's sort of saying good morning and how's your day and we really do get along um, with the and we have genuine friendships in the team so that's fun Um, and then I know it's a little bit taboo to talk about because there's that phrase of we're not in it for the money Um, and I know that that's something that we quite often get thrown at us but I do enjoy the fact that I'm being you know paid to do something that I like so because at the end of the day you do need to be able to afford your life you have to be a functional responsible adult in more than just your workplace you have to do that for your um, entire life so I think it's pretty special to be earning money um, as well as enjoying how you're earning it type thing so and even on the days where you're not enjoying it I think it's also okay to just go there like when it's a day when you're not getting those things when you've got tricky clients and you've got things that aren't going your way when you know one of your friendships is is having a moment because something outside of work is happening which happens because it's life it's okay to just go to work because it's your work but we're we're incredibly lucky that um majority of the time it's so much more than that and I think that's really we're really fortunate because of that yeah for sure I think that it is we know how much of a privilege it is to be able to to do the work that we do and and to have you know the amazing um benefits and and be able to contribute you know to ourselves in the community and in all of these really amazing ways and help help animals as much as we we want to um so I guess on a final little note what are um, some of your key key things for new graduates to keep in mind um I think that it it is define what this role is to you and know that like it's okay for it to be that and only that because you're going to hear a heap of different opinions and a heap of different pathways and it's going to seem like you should be something different but um, if you're happy where you are and how you're doing it then just keep doing it because at the end of the day that's what the most important thing is is that you're happy and you're enjoying life and if you're not the opportunity to change is there and don't be afraid to change because um yeah this profession's incredible but you're more so (laughs) so I think yeah just constantly redefine what the role is to you and what it means to be a vet and um, make sure it's something that you're comfortable and happy with Awesome. Thank you so much. It has been a real pleasure to have you and I know that everyone is going to be learning so much. It's been really valuable to hear from you. Um, Thank you again to our sponsors, Royal Cannon. Um, We are very grateful to be able to have their support in in making these episodes because we think they have a lot of value. 
So thank you to our listeners again. We hope that you've enjoyed our continuation of our first episode and the conclusion of our new graduate part. Uh, If you're not already, make sure you follow the University of Adelaide Roseworthy Veterinary Alumni on our social medias. So you can find us on Instagram at Roseworthy Vet Alumni and then on Facebook, uh, Roseworthy Veterinary Alumni. So make sure you show us some love on your streaming platforms as well. And we will be chatting to you in the next episode. 